0: Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. Today we get to look at the feast, the festival of All Saints Day. And All Saints Day is an interesting day because we recognize those who have died in the faith. And it is a very solemn Sunday. It is a solemn festival because we're recognizing what has happened on this side of heaven. And that is death. That is the ripping and tearing away of the ones we love. And this is a horrific act. This is a horrific event. And no matter what has happened, death is not supposed to happen. And we need to remember that even in Genesis chapter 1, 2, When God creates everything, he keeps saying, it is good, it is good. And on the seventh day when he rested, he looked upon his creation and said, it is very good. This isn't just God putting his stamp of approval or patting himself on the back. He is stating that because he has made it, it is good because it flows from the source of all goodness. And then, of course, we know in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve fall into sin, and death enters into creation. And again, we need to remember that we were not created to die. We were created to live. And we were to live in, with, and through God. And this is what sin has interrupted. This is what sin disrupts. And we need to deal with that. And we can only deal with that through the gospel. We can only deal with that through the work of what God has given to us, revealed through the Holy Spirit in Christ. And that is the promise of salvation. That is the promise that our sins are forgiven. That is, we are restored to and with God. No, we don't get this full restoration until our bodily resurrection, until Jesus comes again to bring all those who have died in the faith back to the living. And this isn't some scary thing. This isn't some uh, weird thing that we see, especially during this time where we just got done with Halloween uh, and all the scary movies and everything this resurrection, this coming back is all about life, the full life that we are supposed to live in Christ, what we were created to have and to live. And today we have the gospel of St. Luke, the 20th chapter, and it is the Sadducees, and they're discussing the resurrection. And we need to remember that the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't support the resurrection. And right there, this is just a little bit of a rabbit hole that I want to go down. The idea that you have all of God's gifts, creation, life, uh, His Word, so on and so forth, but you don't have the resurrection. The question has to be asked, and dear listener, I don't have an answer, What is the point of everything if there's no resurrection, if there's no life afterwards? And we need to be careful because, again, I I go to great lengths to say the bodily resurrection. When we die, we don't become angels. When we die, we don't become spiritual beings. When we die— our soul and our body are separated. Our soul rests with Christ. Our body resides and stays here in creation. And then when Jesus returns, our soul and body are united, and we have this new life, this resurrected life, where body and soul are no longer in tension. And you know this, Uh, St. Paul speaks of it, that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, No matter how hard we try to complete God's law or to do the right thing, we end up failing. And everything that we do is marred with sin because we are sinners, and sinners sin. And that we sin when we even do good works. And that's why there's this great joy of knowing that it is God who works in and through us. The good works flow because of Him. It's our connection to baptism. It's our connection to His work, His means of grace. And the joy of knowing that He is the one at work in and through us. So that, as St. Paul once again says, that we cannot boast because it is His gifts, His work, His life in the through and on us. So, again, the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection, do not believe in the resurrection. And they go through the motions of the law. They go through the things that need to be done for the perfection of this life. But they want to challenge Jesus. And so, Again, just twenty-seven, verse twenty-seven of Luke uh, twenty, there came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, and they asked him a question, saying, "Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, and the wife, the first took a wife." and died without children, and the second and the third took her. And likewise, all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife." Now, with this, I, I see the Sadducees. They're, they're, they, they've planned this out. They, they wrestled with this with one another. And finally, the, the light bulb went off. We finally found a way to trick Jesus. We are going to present him with this unanswerable question. And we're going to expose him as the fraud he is because he can't talk about this. Because if you are married to seven different men, Whose are you in this eternity, in this resurrection? And, and you can hear the, the snide reaction, the snide statement mocking the promises of, of life and trying to undermine Jesus. And we know Jesus has uh, none of this. He's not going to fall for this bait and switch in this trap and rise to the occasion and fight with them and work to argue to disprove their absurd statements, and Jesus said to them, "'The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die anymore, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection.'" But that the dead are raised. Even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now is he not God of the dead, but of the living? For all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well. For they no longer dared to ask him any questions. And so you got Jesus, he kind of just throws the gauntlet down and he's like, you got, you got that question? Here's your answer. I'm going to show you the fullness of the resurrection, the fullness of the promise. Even Moses, the guy that you're using against me, he believes and knows the truth of what I have delivered. He invokes God, God of, and if you could see me, you could see the air quotes, God of the dead. He claims that Abraham and Isaac and uh, Jacob, all of these dead guys, are the ones who have God as God. And God is not the God of the dead. What what good is that? But God is the God of the living. And if Moses invoked the God of the living, even though these men, these patriarchs, have already died. They have the promise of life, and they believed and looked forward and trusted the promise of this coming life, the fullness of the life of the resurrection, the fullness of the Messiah's work. This is what we hold on to. This is what we today look forward to, because we have seen and heard the resurrection. We have seen and heard the crucifixion of Jesus. And because we have both his crucifixion and his resurrection, we now get to look to our resurrection. We get to look to our life everlasting. And so even though we celebrate, observe, participate in the Feast of All Saints, this truly is a day of celebration because we are recognizing, we are seeing, we are hoping, we are participating in the life that has been promised in Christ. We are not celebrating death, we are celebrating life. For those who have gone before us, even though they have died. They shall live, and they are alive. They are alive in Christ. They are alive in God. He is the one that holds them until the day of the resurrection, when we will not only see each other face to face, but we will see God. We will see Christ face to face, and we will worship. We will live in this promised life of perfection and we should be excited and this should motivate us and it's not just we're motivated to do good things we're not uh, we're not just motivated to be excited we are motivated to realize This is the reality of what our faith points to. This is the fullness of what was given to you in baptism. This is the fullness of what is given to you in holy absolution. Your sins, spoken, forgiven. God says, I forgive your sins through your pastor. And when those words are given justification, restoration. The fullness of God's work is given, delivered, and put upon you. You stand like Abraham, believing, and righteousness, God's righteousness, is credited to you. And this is what is at the heart of All Saints Day. The promise, the realization That on this side of heaven, we do mourn loss. We do mourn separation. We struggle with the things that we cannot control, understand. But we run to the mercies of God. We run to the promises of the fulfillment of what God has already given. And this is real important. Because if you read throughout the Old Testament, you hear God promising discipline. You hear God promising punishment. But every time these punishments or disciplines are dealt out, the promise of restoration, the promise of forgiveness, the promise of salvation, the promise of restoration to the full connected relationship with God is already given. This is what we have so that we can truly face death knowing It is not the end, knowing that it has no power, no control. It does not have the final word. For Christ has spoken, you alive, here and now, and truly forever. I once uh, heard that there was a second century theologian who made this statement that In Christ, death is now our servant, for death now bends on his knees and bows down, and we get to step on him to enter into the eternal glory of God. And we should rejoice in this, because death no longer holds us in its cold grasp. Death no longer oppresses us. We now have life and we live even through death. And these are the words that we not only need to hear, but we need to remember. Because on this side of heaven, that's exactly what we're doing we're dying. But we're dying in Christ, to live in Christ. And this is the the great wonderment of what the church is all about. This is why we are about making disciples. This is why we are about living the gospel. This is why we are in the church, with the church, with our brothers and sisters. This is why we need to be reminded again and again and again what what God has given to us. If we are not reminded, if we're not trusting in the works of God, then we're going to do the silly things that the Sadducees are doing. We're to try to trick ourselves. We're to try to trick God. Is there really a resurrection? Can we really trust this? Can we really hope in this? Are these gifts really ours? And we're to try to make sense of the things that are truly outside of our capacity to know, understand, and believe. And those are the fun, fun things about what we do in the Christian faith. And when I mean fun... It is the life of the church lived out in celebration of justification, of salvation, of forgiveness, of the promise of eternity. What greater joys can we have than knowing that when we gather for worship, it is the giving of the gifts of heaven, the treasures of forever. We truly do get to participate in life everlasting here and now through forgiveness, through baptism through God coming to us through the Holy Spirit in Christ, what amazing things we get to have. And so as we prepare for our celebration, our observance of All Saints Day, Let us remember those who have gone before. Let us learn from them that they have died in the faith. They have fought the good fight. They ran the race. And they have obtained what God has given to them in Jesus. That is the crown of glory. That is the eternal life forevermore. And we, we get to wait with expectation for all our life in Christ our resurrection the return of Jesus and again this should change our perspective of this life we shouldn't look at it as mundane we shouldn't look at it as it as this is the only thing we have we get to look at all that we have before us today tomorrow and the days ahead as gifts And this isn't the whole, oh, we need to make sure that we make every little thing special. We need to realize that everything has been gifted to us by God to point to his goodness, point to his mercy, point to who and what he is as the good and gracious God who provides and will provide even through death. He will provide life everlasting. And so all of this— is to be reminded that death may come to each and every one of us but death doesn't have the final say or the final word and we have life everlasting And we need to be reminded of this often. We live in a culture that denies death. We talk about the dignity of death. We talk about dying the good death or whatever. And we need to remember that there is no dignity in death. Uh, Death is the result of sin. And this is not good. And this is why we have and this is why we run to the promises of what God gives to us in Christ our Lord. We need to hold on to these gifts, and we need to remember and keeping them on the forefront of our mind, and let us speak of these in and, in and every situation. And it's hard, because it's so easy to get bogged down with the pains, the heartache of this life, But we have the great and wondrous God who has overcome each and every heartache, every trial, every temptation, every trouble. They are already done and completed. And we, as as St. Paul says, we are more than conquerors. We are more than victorious because our champion, our God, our Messiah stands living Resurrected to life everlasting, showing us that we too have that very promise. So, as you hear the names of those who have gone to glory. We get to rejoice knowing that that is our gift, too. That is our home, too. And we wait with joyful expectation, joyful anticipation of all the fullness of God coming to us and being in that fullness forevermore. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.